Well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, this is JT, and welcome to my very first recording, or as they call it, podcast. And I just wanted to kind of get a feel for how this will work, and what are we going to do, and what will take place, and what can we look forward to. But um, I haven't really come up with a name yet, and I just kind of was looking at something around the lines of Art, life, compassion, the Navajo version, or sort to say. But um, I'm going to kind of run with that um, because art, because um, that's what I'm all about. Um, life, basically everything about it. And most of all, compassion, uh, a really strong foundation of compassion. And um, first and foremost, uh, I just want to introduce myself. My name's JT Willie. I come from Twin Lakes, New Mexico. I am related to those clans in my clan group from the Tkabaha people. I'm thankful to um always introduce myself to to you to anybody that I come in contact with and share where I come from Aro I come from Twin Lakes New Mexico that's where I'm from those are my family I have a, a mom my dad, my my che, my grandfather, and my aunts, my little brother. <clears throat> um, and I just um, am starting something new with this podcast, and I've always wanted to try it. So um, here we go. I hope you don't get bored with me, and I hope we can share a lot of good information. It's kind of like a documentary for me, too, to document what has taken place in the week and daily and what can we look forward to but um I grew up on the reservation and um growing up I was very um kept close to home and I'm real thankful for that my um parents were very strict with me I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things I'm an only child so it's well it was easy for my parents to keep an eye on me and um but it wasn't just them it was my grandparents too and so if you know where i come from or where i live in twin lakes i actually live within like 50 feet of my grandparents home and that's how i grew up 
And um, I grew up uh, next to my grandparents. So they were like part of my upbringing since I was born, even up to this day with my, my Che. I still have my Che to this day. And um, I grew up there and my Te, or my, as they say, your belly button, was buried up at the sheep corral. And um, they say in the Navajo way, when you bury that in a certain area, that's where you'll always go back to. And it becomes your life's passion. But that was the last thing I wanted to do was to be around the sheep. And it, I always used to dread shearing the sheep as well as also taking care of them in the mornings or the evenings, giving them hay. But um, as you get older, you learn to grow a gratitude for them, for your grandparents and your parents, for disciplining you to take care of animals as well as also those will be yours someday. And that's how I kind of see it now. So I'm currently 38 years old and um, growing up in Twin Lakes, I, as I said, it was very close to home and my grandparents played a big role in my upbringing traditionally. Uh, so that really helped with my mental stability and I didn't really have to um, depend on a lot. And for those of you who are grew up in that era of of not having technology, that's where I'm real thankful for. Never had an iPad, an iPhone, none of those things that we all have now, <clears throat> an, I, an Apple Watch and what have you. But um, I grew up with none of those things. And if I wanted to earn them later on in life, my mom told me I had to get my own job to pay for them. And that's what I did um, when I grew up through elementary, mid school, high school. I went to get my first job and I started working when I was actually 14. Um, I live in New Mexico. I'm a New Mexican. I will always be a New Mexican. But um, I grew up most of my life in Arizona, just across the border. Um, I went to school at Wonder Rock Unified School District. And I started there um, in kindergarten. And then it started from there. And I went to preschool, actually, at the chapter house, the old Twin Lakes chapter house. I graduated from there, then I moved on to um, kindergarten, and then I went through elementary school at the old Fort Defiance Elementary School. And that's where I was um, throughout my, my younger years of my education. And the reason why I went to Winter Rock was because my parents and my grandparents wanted me to make sure someone was always there. Everybody worked in Windorock, so commuting from Twin Lakes to Windorock was traditional for us. It was a norm for us, and um, nobody worked in Gallup or Tohatchi or anywhere on the other Crown Point or what have you. But um, we would commute to work and to school every day. And my late grandmother, um, she was an elementary school teacher at Windorock Unified School District. And she taught Navajo language, Navajo culture, and she was always uh, considered like a substitute for some classes that needed her too. But um, that's why. And so I would go to school with my grandma every day until she retired. And then after she retired, she retired when I left and I got promoted from eighth grade to high school because uh, the high school was located in a different area of the Fort Defiance community. So all my friends um, were from the Winder Rock, Fort Defiance, St. Michael, Sawmill, Navajo Crystal area. 
and I didn't know anybody uh, over in um, Tohatchi or Twin Lakes or Coyote Canyon or Deer Springs Road or, or anything like that because um, I grew up uh, in a whole different community because of my school. So as I um, was, was growing up, um, I um, did all my education. I, I completed um, kindergarten, first grade through 12th grade at Winderock Unified School District. I graduated my senior year from Winderock class of 2003. And then I went on to college. And I actually didn't have any plans to go on to college, interestingly so. Uh, I actually wanted to leave for the military and I got that passion to do that in high school because my my dad served in the United States Marine Corps and I wanted to do the same thing and I, my dad had photos of him being overseas um, and being stationed in Hawaii, San Diego and over in Taiwan and I, I wanted to do that <clears throat> but um, it was my mom my mom wouldn't allow it. And by the time I graduated high school, I was still 17. And my dad was going to sign my enlistment papers, but my mom said no. And she told my dad if he did that, she was going to kick him out and that would be the end of their marriage. So I um, ended up going to college. My mom took me to UNM Gallup and she helped me get enrolled. She had to hold my hand. Uh, and I know I'm really big on ego and doing things yourself, but it had to take my mom's ambition for me to do that. So I um, did that and I ended up, that's where it started. Uh, I started at UNM Branch and I started meeting new people out of high school. You know how they always used to say like your best friends will be forever. That's not true. We all know that. And so I um, started my college career and I switched around. First it was pharmacy, then I wanted to go into biology, and then I went into business management, then I went back to pharmacy, and then I wanted to do veterinary science. So there was all sorts of things I wanted to do. We've all been through that. But it took about three years to kind of get a feel for what I wanted to do. So I finally settled on business management. Graduated from UNM Gallup with my associates and I left to Albuquerque to get my um, other degrees and I entered the Anderson's Business School of Management. I got accepted <clears throat> and then from there again, I um, uh, started my college, upper college career. I got my bachelor's and um, um, gosh, I don't even, I don't even do this. I, I should have wrote this down. I really don't talk about my educational background a lot. Um, I think it's just how I was raised. I was always raised with that mindset of yiyapahatsid um, uh, or with the ideals that um, bragging about yourself is a little too much. is basically the teachings that I grew up with. So it's kind of interesting that I'm doing this and I'm trying to remember what, what kind of degrees I have. I don't even know where my degrees are at. Um, I think my mom has them. So every time I brought back a, a degree or that when it was mailed to me after graduation and whatnot, I would give them to my mom or my, my Che has my master's. So I, um, I, yeah, I have a bachelor's of business management. I went into marketing, HR, organizational management. I have a minor in Native American studies. 
and I met a lot of awesome people and I'm real thankful to them for being there with me throughout my college years. Um, I'm still friends with one of them to this day, Mr. Alistair McRae, so I don't know if you're going to get a chance to listen to this, but I gave you a shout out and um, became good friends in Albuquerque and still are good friends up to this day. Um, but as I continued through my college careers in Albuquerque, uh, I met a lot of other good people. Um, Brennan Yanni, I grew up with him at UNM Gala, Albuquerque, so at the main campus. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of good memories there um, throughout those like 2005 all the way to 2010. And then um, being there, you kind of, you know, explore um, the life. And of course, Albuquerque was not a big city. Uh, it's not as bad as it is now because I hear all the vehicles getting stolen and whatnot. So that's kind of scary. But um, at that time, uh, I got to meet a lot of people. I met friends from all over the place from like um, different tribes. So it, it became very like intertribal, as you would say, from the different pueblos. And I used to attend these feasts at like Jemez or um, San Alfonso was kind of the longest one that I furthest one I went out to to visit their feasts, um, Acoma, Santa Domingo. So um, that was really fun and um, did all that. Then I met other people from like up north and then through Oklahoma, the Southern Plains. And that's where I picked up beadwork. And um, beadwork was my my go-to and I learned beadwork from a bunch of folks that came from like the Comanche, the Kiowa, Cheyennes and I um, picked it up very well and I brought it back home because I learned how to do it and I started to kind of shop around for my own beads and learn how to do my own thing. <clears throat> so that started around that time and it helped pay for my cost of living for school and because uh, I was never eligible for any of those programs to get my school paid for. So I needed extra money and I, I didn't work as much. But the job that I got back in 2003 at Navarro Arts and Craft Enterprise, that stayed with me throughout my whole college career. So every time I would finish uh, or come back for like summer break or for winter break, I would get hired at NACE to intern with them and be a sales associate or do all sorts of things. But as my education started to go up, they would move me into these positions. Like for example, I was going into HR at one point and they assigned me to work with the HR director to learn about HR. And then I started doing operational stuff. So they would assign me to the operations director to do to do that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it grew with me working at NACE and also um, starting to do jewelry and beadwork actually. But going back to my upbringing, my grandparents, um, they were ad avid silversmiths. And my grandma was also a seamstress, so I would spend evenings every day in the weekends observing them and just being there and looking at what they're doing. And uh, and my mom, too. My mom's uh, she does a lot of different crafts, embroidery, weaving, um, sewing. So I would, you know, partake and I would watch and I would learn from them that discipline and they never really sold their work especially my mom my mom gave away a lot of her work as gifts and she would give them to people she knew her friends relatives my aunts anybody my uncles so um as um my grandparents they used to do a lot of 
traveling a lot to the Tucson gym shows and things like that. They were really avid in making jewelry and people would bring them stones and they would make jewelry and, and whatnot. So I grew up in that environment and I'm real thankful to that because the tools that I have now are actually passed down from the generation of my grandparents and I learned from them. And then so as I um, move forward, I'm still talking about my background, um, I went off to get more education and I got my, my MBA, I got my Master's of Public Administration and so um, did all that at UNM and then now I'm in my PhD program and I just announced last week that I'm going into my residency so that's very exciting and I didn't think I would progress so fastly in the in the coursework because um, I thought it would take some time but I've been so dedicated I've been doing it non-stop and I'm I've been determined to finish the coursework so I, I could begin my residency and start doing my dissertation. And I know what I'm going to do, what I'm going to write on. <clears throat> my focus is going to be, of course, here on the reservation. My focus is going to be looking at artisans and the hardships that they face and how we can overcome those areas that we miss all the time. Because I've, I've served in a leadership capacity with the nation at one of the highest offices as a executive director for economic development. So it took, it was four years of service. And of course those service comes along with, you know, being appointed by the nomination president. And of course, um, President Nez didn't win his reelection. And before the, even that, I already had decided to move on from, from politics. And um, I, um, within my first three years, my first year of, of doing that work, it was a lot. And um, it was nothing compared to all the other jobs that I had. I'm like jumping all over the place, so I'm so sorry about that. But um, I I plan to write on that experience working with smaller, small, small businesses, especially artisans on the reservation, what they go through, the limitations that they have, and how we can turn that into opportunities to support our artisans in all aspects especially now working for the leading industry on the Navajo Nation and working for Navajo Aircraft Enterprise. This is our 82nd year as an entity. We're one of the first enterprises created by the Navajo government, and we were created to counteract against the counterfeit pieces coming from overseas of Indian art. We were also created to sustain the the, the master masters behind art, you know, the different types of art. So... There's a lot of good things going on, and I look forward to using my research as a foundation to talk about those dialogues continuously, because I, I really don't feel like we have that representation on a higher scale of how to promote Navajo art, Native American art. There used to be organizations like the IACA, the Indian Arts and Craft Association, but that disseminated a few years ago, and those things need to be there because we have a lot of young artists coming up and they're learning, they're going through mentorships, but what happens after that and how do they sustain themselves as artisans and how can we support them as entrepreneurs? That's all, that's what I'm all about, supporting natives, supporting Navajo, by Navajo. You know, I know you heard the slogan overused a lot, by Navajo, by local, but it has a big impact. And of course, another pod podcasts, recordings that I do, I'll talk more about that and how we can unify to support those entrepreneurships of, of our people. 
So going back to my study, I'll be going into that and it's going to be taking about a year to do so. And uh, I should be done by the end, by winter of 2024 and then go before to defend my research. And so I'm really going to focus in on the pandemic because I was in this role as the executive director during the pandemic. The first year was so fast and then the next year the pandemic hit in March of 2020 and then it became a more of a response job. I started doing other sorts of things. And then what, what my main focus was, was how to support Navajo businesses, single entrepreneurs, and of course our artisans through this time. So I'm using all of that part of my research and I'm, I plan to develop some literature that will be able to talk to this multitude of what we can do as a nation to sustain art and also promote entrepreneurship in all aspects of Navajo art, not just Navajo, but Native American as well, and use the model across all nations. So um, going to the reason of why I'm doing this, I've always wanted to create a podcast. I've been um, influenced by recent podcasters. I've been influenced to learn more about it. I've been talking to folks who who do such things. Um, I follow a few podcasts, um, Native American Calling, uh, also the the um, podcasts that talk about American Indian art. And so I wanted to bring my own perspective, and that's why I said the Navajo version of what this will be. And so that's what I want to do. I want to talk about art because it's every day for me and the life lessons that I go through and how I can be a part of your life and be that supporting mechanism by just listening to this podcast and doing a lot more with it. Uh, going through a learning process together and teaching each other. It's all about education. It's all about learning. You know, in our tribal ways and being Navajo, a lot of our dialects are done verbally. We never really documented such things. We never really documented the language. There's no documentation that says how to conduct a dot ceremony or um, a hojonja ceremony. It's just done by how we know and how we observe, how we listen. And that's how I grew up is a lot of listening. You know, those long drives that I used to take with my grandparents going to Farmington um, and then coming back, their stories, I remember them. <clears throat> and I remember them like it was it was today as though it was yesterday. And um, I want to be able to share those. And, and just so I have it documented somewhere um, because a, a lot of that took place and I'm I, I'm glad I was able to record them too. I recorded some of those conversations I've had with my grandparents uh, growing up and learning about how things used to be back then and how things are now and traditional teachings, all those good things, the good things of life. So as we move forward, what do we look forward to? We look forward to a a long summer of art. It's starting now. It's June. It's actually June 10th now. And there's so many things going on. Today, the um, Gallup's busy, as always. Um, everyone goes to Gallup. <clears throat> and we'll talk about that too. Money going off the reservation to these border towns. And um, I can't, I can't um, point fingers because I was one of those folks in Gallup today. But um, you could feel it. You feel it in the air that the summer's here 
and everyone's coming on this route to enjoy art. And when I say art, I mean everything. Jewelry, uh, paintings, outfits, sand paintings, pottery, baskets, all of it. And um, uh, people are creating. It's getting warm now. It's getting um, comfortable to create. And some folks enjoy creating in the winter. Uh, I do sometimes, but it gets a little too cold where my workstation's at, out in the garage. Um, but of course, you know, I could do the beadwork inside where it's warm. But then you get comfortable and you start doing other things. <clears throat> so um, the Summer of Arts here. And um, what's interesting is today was the inaugural kickoff of Danette College's event that's taking place out at San Lee, Arizona at their college. They're hosting their first ever um, art show very high-end they have some good artists that are there and they did awards last night they did best of show and um, it was interesting to see the photos I try to get out there but I haven't I don't I don't know if I'll make it I hope I try to make it tomorrow I probably won't but um, I hope they do it again next year and make it traditional for them and then now the um, fairs are kicking off. There's a event taking place in Winter Rock next week, and that's going to be going on. And then on top of that, again, there's also some um, the arts crawl going on in Gallup. So that's tonight in Gallup downtown. And then the flea market was busy today. You had booth after booth after booth of people selling all sorts of wonderful things. And so that was good to see. And you're going to see more of it as the weather gets warmer. And so um, I look forward to that. The Navajo show is coming up at the Northern, um, Northern Arizona Museum in Flagstaff. Um, there's also the Gallup Ceremonial coming up in August. And then, of course, the big show of them all, um, the Met Gala of Indian Art, the Santa Fe Indian Market, and yours truly will be showing there. And I'm very honored to have been invited back to show again. So all sorts of good things are coming up, and I'm looking forward to it and bringing you along. I could talk forever, but I, I know we want to keep this simple and probably do this like once a week and where we will provide updates and where we will talk about experiences. If you have anything to share with me that you want me to speak to or want me to focus on, just send me a, a message on my social medias. Um, everyone kind of already knows how to get a hold of me. Uh, and then let's go from there and let's focus on the good things of life, of living this Navajo way of life, of living your life and, and sharing compassion for each other and, and knowing that we have a connection in all sorts of ways to each other as Bala uh, because that's how we were raised. And of course, our connection to Mother Earth and all the wonderful things out there. And let's continue to support one another. Let's continue to do good things. Let's continue to foster our children to have good upbringings and mindsets so we can have a good future for our people. And of course, I'm doing it collectively. And it only happens by collective support to each other and knowing that this is the reason why we were put here as Nohokat, the Ne'edanitle, as those that were put here on the earth from the holy people. Uh, living that, that that mindset of a beautiful way of life. And I look forward to discussing more with you in the future. 
But for now, I'm going to cut this off and we're going to do good things again this week. Have a good week again. I look forward to hearing your comments and sharing your insights with me as we move forward. And um, let's continue to, to grow. And also, the fairs are kicking off. So July is the kickoff out east. So Mr. Douglas Capitan and his team over there are getting ready for the Eastern Fair out in Crown Point, and I look forward to being there. And have a great week, and we will see you next time.